did a study between doing that with a double-loaded corridor building and doing that with stacked up point access blocks and found that across a six-story building with equivalent amounts of bedrooms for the most part, you could save almost $27 million. And that's really just based on the floor plate efficiency and how much gets removed between the depth of a double-loaded corridor and the depth of a point access block. All that added cost still doesn't equate to what you save by reducing just flat floor area. Hi. Hello. 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 Hello, and welcome to Architecting. Hey, hello, and welcome to Architecting. I'm Adam Wagner. Our mission here on this podcast is to tell Colorado design stories, and recently we were able to do this at AIA Colorado's Design and Practice Conference in Keystone, Colorado. For me, this event is really a party where I get to be around all my favorite people, past guests, future guests, friends, and colleagues, and get them all in one place. This year, AIA Colorado graciously set up a a glass podcast studio for me in the middle of the conference room where I was able to sit down with all the keynote speakers and other guests to recap and dive deeper into the talks that they gave. This will be a series of short interviews released over the next few weeks. For more information and pictures from these talks and events, you can check out our Instagram page or go to aiacolorado.org. Hey, this episode is brought to you in part by Signature Doors and Windows and Modern Denver Magazine. Now, on to the show. Beyond the keynote speakers, I was also interested to talk with three Shears, Atkin, Rothmore employees, Derek Chavez, Robert Pebbles, and Sean Jersnick. They came by the booth to discuss their idea of pushing Denver building code to allow for single-stair residential developments. I'll let them explain more here. I'm, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because there's too many overlapping things and I didn't get to go see your your talk today so I have no idea what you're talking besides the title what's what's going on so this is gonna be awesome so let's go down the line and introduce yourself and where where you're working and then uh, whoever wants to kind of start diving into maybe a little bit of a synopsis of what uh, you guys were talking about sounds good sure so I'm Sean Jersnick I'm an architect and associate at SAR Architects I'm Derek Chavez, also a designer over at SAR Architects. And I'm Robert Peebles, a design professional at SAR Architects. SAR represented. SAR. Here, do you want to start us off? can give it a try. So today, Robert, Derek, and myself presented on point access blocks and the potential of single-stair residential buildings, Mm. which we also call point access blocks, and the potential they have for increasing housing options in Colorado. And we think they're a great housing option for the state because they allow you to add density on small lots. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Yeah. So what what kind of scale are we talking about here? Like uh, how many units does this range from? We're talking about projects that we visited in, in Seattle, which has a unique code in the U.S. Yeah. Where they've created their own building code amendment in the 70s to allow six-story single-stair really? buildings. And so in Colorado, you can only build three stories with a single stair. And in Seattle, you can build six stories with a single stair, and they limit their projects to four units per floor, oh, okay. six stories in height. So that maxes out at 20 to 24 units right. is yeah. what we saw. 
I can understand the, the, the benefits, right, of, of having a single stair versus a double stair. Tell me why it's still safe to have a single stair in, these, in this situation. Sure. So when you move from a two-stair building to a single-stair building, one of the biggest benefits is land acquisition costs. So typically when you are within your worth a city that has less land that's available, you have to usually acquire more land to densify and then build a two-stair project. Whereas in this case, with a single-stair building, and I'll get to the safety in just a second, with a single-stair building, you're able to put it on a single-family zoned lot, not zoned lot, but a single-family sized lot, right. zoned up to five stories or six stories. So what are we talking, like a like like a, a 50 foot or a 37 and a half wide? Like it could is, be, as as I, yeah. we've seen them down to 25 really? feet, okay. up to 60 feet, hmm. 70 feet. Robert did a great study and he can talk about that in a second. With Denver and optimizing our lots and finding how many we have available that suit that need, which is excellent. But there is the safety concern as well that we've seen so in 1985, there's a code update after the 1970 adoption of the code where they implemented fire sprinklers. And since that code update, there have been no deaths in right. single stair buildings, which huh. is incredible. In Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah. Thank you. Because it rains so much, it just puts the fire out. <laughs> it yeah. extinguishes. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then since then, there's been additional provisions added to Seattle safety code, which I think we think we could adopt it here in Colorado is the goal. Um, yeah. What are some of those measures? There's 14 of them. Some, some yeah. More. Yeah. Good, good question, Sean. So a few of those measures would be inclusive of stair pressurization, increased fire door ratings. I think I'm missing one more. Do you remember it? Either of you? But yeah. Yeah. But you get to that goal. Measures, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not as simple as yeah. So it's not as simple as removing one stair from a two stair building. You're in Seattle. What they did is you can remove one stair if you add all these safety provisions. So that's led to safe use of the taller single stair buildings. Right. You're gaining the area back of the extra stair, but if you're if you if your one stair is costing a little more than it might is it is it that huge of a of a difference? Yeah. And and where where does it sort of how does it sort of net out? So really a lot of the potential, if we're thinking about affordability and where the difference would come in of the economics between a single stair building and likely the most comparable thing based on the way the U.S. builds would be something like a 60 unit double loaded corridor two stair building. Um, what we kind of haven't touched on and is good to note is a three-story point access block is legal under the current code, so you can build a single-stair building with three stories that has four units per floor, and that's currently legal, but nobody really builds those. You know, they used to be super popular in the 80s, super popular in the 90s, and is the economics of architecture tends to move towards efficiency. Right. It's really about packing the most amount of units on a lot that you possibly can. And Seattle has kind of found this secret unlocked potential that adding those three extra floors and getting you know some net of possibly 10 to 15 more units onto that typology really opens up the economics and a lot of them get built. You can look at it from an economy standpoint in a couple different ways. There is an opportunity to aggregate these buildings together, similar to what you'd see in like a townhome, right? So you have them stacked together, they're separated by a firewall. And when you do that, they have much thinner floor plates than a double loaded building would have. 
And a really great colleague, Michael Eliasson, who offered a video for our presentation today, did a study between doing that with a double-loaded corridor building and doing that with stacked up point access blocks and found that across a six-story building with equivalent amounts of bedrooms for the most part, you could save almost $27 million. And that's really, really just based on the floor plate efficiency and how much gets removed between the depth of a double-loaded corridor and the depth of a point access block. Right. And while you are adding a bunch of extra elevators, for example, so each one of these confined buildings would have its own staircase and its own elevator, all that added cost still doesn't equate to what you save by reducing just flat floor area. But right, you're not having the long corridor and yeah, the, the more of a point access. I mean, because it is interesting, like like uh, at an old firm I was working with, with Derek's fiance, Juliana, on a lot of these where it was a two-story or three-story walk-ups, uh, point access in the mountains, right? And it, and it starts to make a little more sense there, but, but the idea of, okay, bring it to Denver where you have these small lots, right? Where you can't do these larger blocks, that's where it makes more sense, right? That's what we found when we visited Seattle. They had a lot of, we found over a hundred point access blocks in Capitol Hill, their Capitol Hill neighborhood, where there's a lot of small lots, but there's a lot of density in the neighborhood. We found a lot of point access blocks being used pretty prevalently around the whole neighborhood. And then throughout a whole bunch of neighborhoods throughout the whole city, um, like Ballard, Fremont, they all had point access blocks being used on these small lots that small developers could come in, didn't have to accumulate multiple parcels and they could develop a, a 20 unit apartment or condo building and add some density to an existing walkable neighborhood. Right, yeah. And so if, if somehow this, this goes through and they say, okay, yeah, start right away. Zoning wise, is there a lot of uh, lots that are that narrow size and you can go up six stories, you know, right currently, or would that have to, zoning would change too? Yeah, so we did a study of Denver, kind of as a case study, just to understand that exact question. So we took a look at all the zone districts across the city, uh, filtered them down to every individual zone district that was either around four or five stories, three, four, and five stories. And then you kind of take into account what the city offers for affordable housing incentives, hmm. where you can get in a five-story district up to seven stories, a little bit taller than what we're asking for. And just looked at that land area that had that right amount of height and stories, and then essentially filtered all the lots down to the width range that Derek was talking about earlier, looking at lots that are around 25 to 50 feet in width. And through those two lenses, we found 14,000 possible wow. lots in Denver um, where this could apply. And that's really confined if you think about how Denver zoning pattern works, really we tend to upzone around street corridors. So really a lot of that is, you know, running along street corridors like Colfax, running along street main avenues through the city, um, confined to our Denver's Capitol Hill neighborhood and regions like that. So then what's next? Like how, how, how are you guys pushing this forward and what, what would have to happen to get this to be implemented? Keep passing the mic around, who, no, no you, no you, yeah. yeah. Easy, the easy questions no one wants to answer. Take a swing at this one. So we're working a few different angles on different approaches to change the code and create something next. And we've been working with some advocates from around the country that are also interested in some building code amendments. And 
This year, Washington, Oregon, and California passed point access block bills. They're study bills that their governors signed into law uh, that have created basically groups of experts that are going to be studying recommendations to allow taller point access blocks in those states. Mm. So since those bills have passed, we've started having conversations with advocates and state legislators in Colorado interested in unlocking potential with single-stair development in the state here. So right now we're actually working with representatives Basenecker and Valdez, and they're interested in sponsoring a, a bill in 2024 that would allow taller single-stair buildings. And so there's a work group with experts uh, from around Colorado and the, the country that are working on drafting this bill. And we actually missed their meeting today because we were in our presentation at the conference. Um, we were bummed to miss out, but um, they're strategizing how best to create a bill for the state. And, and one option they're exploring is building a model code sort of similar to Seattle's code language that they could draft and pass that then local jurisdictions in the state could opt in, could decide to pull down and use in their local cities. So so, so if Boulder thought it was a great idea, Boulder could say, oh, hmm. we think this has great potential for our city. It's safe. There's safety provisions that accompany this code change. We're going to opt in and allow for point access blocks. Um, so that's the most exciting thing we're talking about right now. I was just going to add, I think outside of that particular group in Colorado, we're also looking at a more national level to the IBC. Mm. So we're also working with a nonprofit organization, some code experts that are helping us come up with a fire modeling study that then will help us prove the case that these single stair buildings are just as safe as two stair buildings and then present that to the IBC. But the biggest step in that is by bringing this to Colorado and creating a case study or a precedent, then we can have another case to bring to the IBC that says, hey, this is a safe building practice that should be implemented. Besides just the one that's in, in Washington, I mean, yeah. Correct, yeah. yeah. Which they were adopted by an I code, that's where they came from, but now they've got their own code that they're using, which is the SBC. Hmm. Yeah. So were you guys just sitting around after work one day drinking a beer and you're like, hey, I really hate stairs. I hate two stairs. <laughs> hey, I hate two stairs. Let's, 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 uh, let's figure out how to get rid of this other stair. Uh, well, how did, how did this come about and like kind of what's in it for you guys in a way? You know, what's, what's the sort of passion and driver? I'll uh, start it off, but I think one of these guys can help bring it home. So for me personally, we were sitting in the office and we have this outreach group in our office where we try and connect with the community. It's called our Plus Connect group. Hmm. And an idea came up where we were doing research on how to solve housing problems in Colorado. And right now, currently, SAR does like tiny home villages. We helped start with the ADU movement, things of that nature. And Sean walked in and was like, hey, I've got this great idea about single stair buildings that I learned about through Large Lab, and which is Michael Lyson, who Robert was referring to earlier. And does anyone want to join in? And I raised my hand and Robert raised his hand and Sean was like, all right, let's get started. And then from there, we just started to, it just started compounding. Which one wants that? Want to try it? 
Yeah, I'll let, I'll let Sean wrap up here in the end for us, but I think relative to the conversation about motivation, I think each and every one of us who's kind of sitting here, we just want to see better buildings. Like right. we, we just want to see better buildings that make more sense for the residents and people that live in them. And we're, I, I don't necessarily say we're tired of the way that current development patterns exist in the United States, but because of the requirement for double stairs, we're not seeing a lot of things like family-sized units. Hmm. Um, and I can speak personally for myself, you know, sort of a young individual who's sort of trying to enter into that home market and thinking about what the rest of my life is going to look like and where I want to live. And there just aren't options that I'm super interested in that sort of exist. And really sort of trying to think about, well, if, if there aren't options that I like, there has to be options that other people aren't liking either. And there's things that they're searching for. And this really presents one avenue that we can find a way to bring some of those units and some of those opportunities here in Denver. Yeah. To add to what Robert and Derek shared, agree with Robert that, you know, we're trying to push the needle for better buildings in, in Colorado and in the U.S. And and part of that, too, is that we're trying to build better buildings that are as good as the rest of the world. And when you go visit another country, whether you stay in Japan or you stay in Germany, you stay in an Airbnb, you're probably staying in a point access block. Um, the rest of the world is using taller single stair buildings and they're using them safely. Right. And for many reasons, the US evolved into having a different code that we wanna have a conversation about. And we think that there's expertise out there, there's interest in building better bin buildings and that we could push the needle and, you know, legalize them in Colorado and in a safe way. So we're excited about having that conversation. Yeah, thanks. You know, I, I agree with your sentiment there of, of you know, and I, I appreciate SAR's work and I think really creating quality, especially multifamily building projects within within Denver. And But they are so, most projects are so one bad too bad based right and thinking about how do we increase its density where where we all want to live in these in these places but still have that larger space and quality of living and so thanks for fighting the good fight against those extra stairs so (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having us guys you can visit architecting.com that's architect-ing.com to see images from this week's guest And please rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week and keep connecting. Hi, I'm Eli. This show is made by my mom and dad and these people. Heidi Mendoza. Emily Child. Fernando Queiroz. Zach Huff. Trevor Notzko. Aaron Best. Kyle Bruner. Rob Cleary. This podcast is powered by The Plug. This is Sarah Hubbard, host of You and Me Kid, a podcast about starting and raising a family on your own. We just launched season two, and I'm speaking with single moms, those still considering, and experts in relevant fields to give you a real sense of what the day-to-day experience of solo parenting looks and feels like. Plus, this season, I've partnered with California Cryobank, the number one sperm bank in the U.S. So wherever you are in the process, this podcast provides some support, humor, and helpful information. Listen to You and Me Kid wherever you get your podcasts.